Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, discerning podcast listeners. This is Tom Kenny, and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. This is Transformation Animation Podcast and Tooncast Beyond. On. This is a special crossover interview. I am TFG and Mike, and joining me is Pecan Court Michael. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going. How are you, sir? I'm hanging in there. Yes, and we are about to talk to, well, the 90s version of Frank Welker to Mr. Tom Kenny. When we both looked at his IMDb, our jaws dropped. How are we going to ask this guy a bunch of questions because he's been in literally everything since 1990? He, he's been in a lot of stuff. It's it's yep. it's insane, and we're looking at this and just being overwhelmed. Yes, it's it was very overwhelming. So yes, up next you will hear the incomparable Tom Kenny. Greetings, former Decepticons. This is Starscream, and you're listening to Transformation Animation Podcast. Hello, and welcome to a crossover interview between Transformation Animation Podcast and Tooncast Beyond. I am one of your hosts, TFG1 Mike. Joining me is Pecan Court Michael. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? It's going, and... Joining us here on the GeekCast Radio Network is the one, the only, Tom Kenny. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hi, Mike and Michael. I, I'm the guy whose name is not a, a variant of, of Michael. How are you? <laughs> Very well. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, uh, it's so weird. I've told people like the last week, I've told people here and there, like, I'm talking to Tom Kenny on Thursday night. They're like, who? SpongeBob. Are you serious? You're talking to SpongeBob? What the? <laughs> well, I think I think it's very telling that when you say a voice actor's real name, people go who. But when you go, you go, you know, Homer Simpson. People go, oh yeah, I like Homer Simpson. <laughs> I, I didn't know the other guy, and and that is uh, the uh, for me the beauty of uh, voice acting. You know, it's it's uh, you know you get you get to voice these characters that that are you know iconic and famous and all that stuff without uh without any of that uh drag uh drag down stuff that goes along uh with the whole fame thing yes uh before we get started uh can you give us the scoop on what's going on in the world of tom kenny any upcoming projects you care to reveal or pimp out wow what's going on in the world of tom kenny i, I didn't realize that i was my own world most this voice actors are. Let's see. I just got home from doing SpongeBob. Uh, the kids are just going to bed. Uh, SpongeBob is, is uh, continues to barrel along. Uh, let's see what else is coming out that uh, people might not know about. I'm, I'm, I'm Doctor Octopus in the upcoming Ultimate Spider-Man animated series. I'm Zelias Zox, who's a bad guy in the upcoming Green Lantern uh, animated series from Bruce Tim. Probably doing nice. more Winnie the Pooh stuff. I do Rabbit for Winnie the Pooh uh, that just began um, this year for Disney. And uh, continue to be the Ice King on Adventure Time for Cartoon Network. Awesome. And then there's yeah. some other stuff that, that I'm probably not thinking of. But when, when it hits me, I'll, I'll suddenly uh, yell out and interrupt whatever <laughs> question you're asking. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm also this guy. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! There's all that stuff that you're not allowed to say. Non-disclosure. Yes, which, which are, I'm not. I'm not good at not saying stuff. <laughs> I'm really well, good we, at saying stuff, you, but you, not so good at not saying stuff. Yeah, we um, we got into trouble with Maurice Lamarche. He revealed that he was going to be Mister Freeze in Arkham City, and apparently he wasn't supposed to say that. 
right then and there at the time. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I guess, you know, I always ask the companies because, you know, they get weird. You know, you weren't supposed to say that until such and such a date. Yeah. But, uh, the, you know, the bottom line is, who cares? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's not, it's not like the game is going to sell any. Maurice LaMarche is Mr. Freeze. That's it. I'm finished with this game. Well, no, it's not even that. It's the fact that, you know, we asked him a question. He gave us an interesting answer, and he mentioned Mr. Freeze. I asked him a follow-up question. Can you give us a sample of the voice? And that's when he said, I don't think I'm allowed to do that. As soon as we released the interview, the Internet was a buzz because of our – it's like we broke the story that, oh, my God, Mr. Freeze is in the second Batman Arkham Asylum game. Wow! That's see now. Now I'm now I'm frantically uh, going back and going. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think all the stuff I, I mentioned is uh, is already in the pipeline. So uh, I, I I think I'm okay. Like for a while, the Spider-Man thing was under wraps, and now I think it's okay to talk about that. Awesome. It, it, you know, it, it usually depends on if there's been a major Comic Con uh, recently and how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when they announced that stuff. Right. Right. Yep. Very cool. So, so to uh, get things started, uh, can you tell us uh, where you're from and how you got started in voice acting? I'm not allowed to talk about any of that. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I am from Syracuse, New York, um, right in the smack dab in the center of New York State. Um, you know, many many hours from show business or Manhattan or anything resembling a a, a career in entertainment, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, that that that's where I'm from. What was the other one? How I got started? Yeah, right, right. So how do you get from, I, uh, from you know Nowhereville to SpongeBob? Yeah, my um my my career path has has been you know kind of elliptical and and strange. I start I started out uh, doing stand up comedy and playing in rock and roll bands and things like that in Syracuse and doing sketch comedy with my lifelong childhood friend Bobcat Goldplate who I met when we were six years old and uh and we we were in grammar school together from first grade on high school together and uh you know kind of had this shared interest in comedy stand-up comedy and sketch comedy and all that and um you know being in high school in the in the mid to late 70s and right when SNL and FCTV and all that stuff was just getting going and we, we were very excited by that and that that was a game changer for both of us. We decided that that was that was what we wanted to do, and I also had this added weird layer of being obsessed with voice acting and cartoons and Mel Blanc and Stan Freeberg and June Foray and Paul Freeze and not the Mister Freeze that uh, Maurice LaMarche wasn't supposed to talk about, but Paul Freeze, and uh, <laughs> uh, that you know it it all kind of uh, coalesced. You know, I wound up I wound up moving to Boston, Massachusetts and doing stand-up and then San Francisco uh, for, you know, I made a living as a stand-up comedian for, for many years, uh, tried to break into the whole voiceover world. And then finally in the early 90s did a show called Rocco's Modern Life that was a Nickelodeon show and uh, an early Nicktoon just, just after Ren and Stimpy and wound up uh, really loving that and wanting to do more of that and, you know, kind of straddled the world of voiceover and on camera stuff. I did I did a few seasons of an HBO comedy series called Mr. Show with Bob and David that had Dave Cross and, and Bob Odenkirk in it. And uh, just before that, a show called The Edge that was a short-lived sketch show on Fox that had Jennifer Aniston <laughs> and uh, before, she, you know, when she was still doing Leprechaun 2 and, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Wayne Knight and, uh, uh, you know, the woman that later became my wife, uh, Jill, Jill Talley. And, uh, you know, around that time, you know, a voiceover was starting to, starting to be a little bit of my, of my work life. And I wanted to do whatever I had to do to make that the lion's share of my work life just because, well, two reasons really. I, I, I enjoyed it more and thought that I was better at that than I was at on-camera stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, despite you know, uh, having a fair amount of work at, on camera, I, I just, uh, I, I just liked, I, I just thought the uh, voiceover stuff was a better use of my skill set or whatever. I just felt more comfortable at it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, before then, during uh, during the third season of Mr. Show, SpongeBob became a pilot, and then 
got greenlit as a series and you know all this other stuff was kind of going on at the same time you know different cartoon series from different places powerpuff girls and cat dog and you know a lot of a lot of different stuff so you know it's kind of like being a session musician you just kind of show up with your drumsticks and do whatever they tell you to do yep <laughs> yeah i mean voice acting is you know it's the best job in the world you can go in there in your pajamas and just use your voice you don't even <laughs> have to dress up it is i i i you know in this in the spirit of full disclosure i have to say that i have never worn my pajamas to work but uh but i uh i i guess theoretically one could wear their pajamas if, if i if i wanted to wear my night night before christmas uh sleep cap and carry a candle uh on a little plate into work i think i could I mentioned the exact same thing in another interview with Jason Marsden, and the very next day he went into a th- uh, the new Thundercats series. He went into that voice cast and took a picture. It was him in a T-shirt and pajama pants, just because I mentioned it in an interview. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny. That is so funny. Well, that's what people, they go, they go wow, you know, you, you can wear your pajamas. You know, you don't have to shave. You know, translation, <laughs> you can look as shitty as you want and still work. <laughs> So but, uh, all the- yeah, just a, just as a point of pride, I try to be the best dressed voiceover guy uh, out there. <laughs> awesome. I, I actually try to be kind of styling. Out of all the characters you have played over the years, what are some of your favorites? Well, uh, Starscream was on a show called Transformers Animated. I don't know if you guys have heard of that one or whatever, but um kidding. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it's always fun to play bad guys. Uh, SpongeBob, of course, is right up there with me. Uh, the the first uh, character that I got to play was was a character called Heifer on a show called Rocco's Modern Life, and like we talked about before, an early Nickelodeon tune. And he was really fun and funny, kind of a the Bullwinkle, you know, the the dumb Bullwinkle kind of sidekick to the main character of of, right. of Rocco. And you know, they're they're all fun in their own way. I I have to say, when I when I think about stuff that I've done on camera, so much of it was like just kind of like boring or unpleasant or uncomfortable or a drag. And with voiceover, I I'd be hard pressed to think of a gig that wasn't at least a little bit of fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like the worst day you have doing voiceover, uh, I always say is is still better than the best day you ever had doing some day job that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when people start complaining about voiceover, I'm like, dude, shut up. They're, they're, you know, you're making funny voices and they're giving you money. You know, stop complaining. And the union says that the sessions can only be four hours long. So shut the F up. Okay. <laughs> Can't be that bad. Uh, yeah, exactly. How bad could it uh, be? You're, right. you're hanging out with funny, weird, creative people making uh, funny voices and, and having a good time. So you mentioned uh, Transformers Animated, you know, and we love us some Transformers Animated. Yeah, uh, I do too. I like. I enjoyed that show. <laughs> let's let's we, talk about that a little bit if we could. Oh. Yeah, we sure, what did actually... that go? Three seasons? Good. Uh, three seasons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. So I'm so I'm not completely senile yet. No, <laughs> it, it's funny. Like sometimes, sometimes people look at my resume and just go, "Wow, you know, it's like we we printed out your resume and killed twenty five trees." You know, you've done know. A, you've done a lot of yeah, stuff, we, and I'm like, we "Well, at it, it was like we looked at it and it was like our jaws just dropped. Like, how are we going to come up with questions for him that fit?" 30 minutes. Wow. Well, because, uh, like, especially with his tendency to give run-on sentences, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that just go on and on to every, to every question. Uh, it, uh, you know, it, it uh, you know, Transformers was really fun because although I'm a little bit old to be like a first generation Transformers kid, you know what I mean? Like I was born in 62. So Transformers was a little, was a little late for me. You know, my, I have a younger brother that's ten years younger than me. That was kind of more that wave, right? Yeah, time time wise. But uh, you know, it was fun. I you know, it was one of those things. I mean, pretty much every 
series that you go in for, no matter how many shows you're working on, you still have to audition. And you go in there, and they say, we want you to read for this guy and this guy and this guy. And for me, that was Starscream. And I said, you know, do, do you want it to sound like any of the previous Starscreams? I know there have been a lot of other Transformers series. Should I woodshed with this stuff and, you know, tr tr try to voice match this stuff? And they said, no. No, don't worry about that. Just, you know, just, just, just your do take your on the character. Thing. Yeah. yeah, your take on the character. Okay, which was yeah. kind of freeing for me because I suck at uh, impressions. <laughs> and... uh and uh, much to my surprise, I wound up getting uh, I wound up getting Starscream, and on any show. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like that. They wind up kind of just, you know, just, just on the fly, like auditioning you for a bunch of other stuff as it's going on. So, you know, hey, Jeff Bennett, uh, take it. Could you take a shot at this guy? Okay. Now, Tom, could you take a shot at this guy? Now, Bumper Robinson, could you take a shot at this guy? Okay, we like Jeffs, or we like Toms, or yeah, we think Bumper's the best for that guy. So, you know, I wound up playing Starscream and also uh, uh, Sumdac and Scrapper and Skywarp. Um, a lot of stuff yeah, on that. Yeah, line. you played all the clones, um, except yeah. for the female clone. Yes, yes, it was, re it was really fun. And, and my favorite character, uh, you know, on that show was Sumdac. Like, like, I just... I just love the idea of this guy that just <laughs> found Megatron's head laying around and uh, used his hand for a chair. <laughs> yes, exactly. Used his head for a chair and kind of reverse engineered it so that he became kind of a captain of industry. Speaking, you know, speaking of Steve Jobs and those guys, uh, you know, you and I always thought that made him a really interesting character was that this empire of him of his was founded on this secret that he was a little ashamed of and didn't want anyone to find out about you know it's like it, it, yeah. as if einstein had you know somebody whispering in his ear that wasn't einstein <laughs> you know what i mean like uh you know it's uh you know that made him a very uh interesting character to me Worth were there any other characters besides Starscream and Sumdac that you maybe read for that you wanted to get other than those two? Wow, that's a good question. And keep in mind that this series was a few years ago. I do like, remember... Like, like, what, like what would a Tom Kenny version of Optimus Prime from that show be? <laughs> you know, I knew that I didn't... I, I knew that I probably wasn't right for those. But you know what? I do remember wanting to be the cop. Was it Fanzoni? Yeah, Fanzone, yeah. Yeah, Fanzone. <laughs> I remember wanting to be that guy just because I always wanted to be a cop. You know what I mean? I love direct, you know, or play a cop, I should say, not be a cop. I've, uh, you know, I love Dragnet, Madam 12, and all those uh, goofy old cop shows. And uh, I, I, I just thought it would be really fun to play the put upon, uh, you know, policeman. But, uh, you know, the, the, you know, another one of the great things about voiceover is that when, you know, you're playing with guys like Billy West and Jeff Bennett and uh, Corey Burton and, you know, guys like that. It's, you know, uh, Maurice LaMarche. You know, it's the, the bar is so high that when you lose out to one of those guys, you don't feel that bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, yeah, okay, so, uh, you know, uh, what can I say? Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth beat me in a game of baseball. You know, boo-hoo. <laughs> Darn. Hey, we love to hear background, uh, you know, funny stories about voice actors just being goofy behind the mic. Uh, what can you tell us about the, the time you met Weird Al Yankovic on the show? Oh, great. Yeah, Weird Al. He was on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. He played uh, Rec... Rekgar. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know... I'm, I've known Weird Al for years. 
I, you know, he's, he's, he's a friend of mine and I, I always love working with him. He's, uh, you know, one of the sweetest, nicest guys, uh, in show business. So, you know, and, and that's, that's across the board, right? Like nobody's got a, nobody's got a bad story about Weird Al. It's kind of disappointing. So, uh, you know, any, anytime you get to work with Weird Al, uh, you know, he was a Mr. Show fan and, uh, my wife had done his live action Saturday morning series. Uh, and, and I'm actually on his latest, uh, album. <laughs> he has a, he has a song, uh, he has a song called TMZ and I am the irritating TMZ announcer guy. That's kind of heard, uh, throughout the guitar break on that song. Awesome. Oh. Yeah. So he's great. I mean, one thing I remember from, from, you know, Weird Al being on that show is that at the time we recorded that episode, my son, who is now almost 14 was in the midst of an intense weird Al fan phase mm-hmm. and him and his friends were all super, super into weird Al cause of uh, stuck in the drive through and like, you know, all those, all those things that were, uh, whatever that, that last album was before this current one. Right. And they thought he was a new guy. Like, <laughs> like, like they went, they went, Oh dad, there's this really funny song by this guy, weird Al Yankovic. You've got to hear it. The video is really funny. And, I said, yeah, that's that's Weird Al. I I know Weird Al. You know Weird Al? Yeah, yeah. I've known him for a long time. He's, he's really oh, sweet. So, so that's Why what the you... story is. No, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I, I I've heard the story over the years that when Weird Al came in, it was you that kind of freaked out about it. But it wasn't you. It was your son that freaked out. No. Well, exactly, exactly. So what happened yeah. was my kid and all his friends are crazy for Weird Al. Now, they now at this point I haven't yet told them that I know Weird Al. I'm keeping it I'm keeping it under my hat. But yeah. I know that Weird Al I know that Weird Al is going to come in and do an episode of Transformers. I still haven't told them that I know him. That's going to that comes later. So <laughs> so I said, "Hey, you guys, you know, you guys want to go to a Transformers recording session with me?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure, you know, okay." And all the way there, they were talking about Weird Al and have you heard this song and blah, blah, blah. And I said, if you guys, can you guys imagine meeting Weird Al? And they said, oh, my God, I don't know what I would say. I would be so freaked out. He's so genius and blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, yeah, you know. And then knowing full well that we walked into this recording studio, Weird Al is going to be there. Yeah. So I brought my son and a couple of his friends. And when they walked in. And I just introduced them around the room. You know, here's, you know, this is Sue Blue. She's the voice director. And this is David Kay. You know, he plays, Op- he plays uh, Optimus Prime and, uh, uh, you know, all these, all these, you know, actors and, and engineers and, and mm-hmm. animators. And, oh, and that's, uh, this is Weird Al. You know, he's sitting in the back on the couch. And their jaws just hit. They, they couldn't <laughs> speak. They started hyperventilating. They freaked out. It was one of those perfect storms because they had no idea that I knew Weird Al because I was keeping it secret. And they also, he was the last guy that they were expecting to see. And they talked about him the whole (laughs) ride to Cartoon Network, like just organically. They were talking about this and that and Weird Al and they, you know, so yeah, they wigged out. They wigged out. It was really fun. (laughs) And, and Al is so, you know, him and I just did, uh, we did some stuff on the uh, Batman Brave and Bold uh, series on Cartoon Network recently. Right. And you know, I got a chance to see him again at the rap party for that, and he's just, he's just, you know, there, there, there's no, there's nobody like him. He's he's just a, he's just, he's just a really, really nice and super talented guy. Like like, you know, like like deserves everything. Works his butt off. Super talented, and uh, you know, what what can you say? Awesome. Uh, so. Shortly after Animated went off the air, you got involved with the Transformers live-action movies, starting with Revenge of the Fallen, playing Wheelie and Skids. Um, we've got yes, a few that was, that was one of those things where I went in on audition at, my, <clears throat> at Bay Films in Santa Monica. You know, the auditions happened right there. And I said, you know, will it help me? Should I tell them that I was on the Transformers animated series like maybe that would help like if they know i'm already part of transformers world and my agent said no 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 don't it doesn't no don't 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 even go there just go in and audition as a completely new person you know and i don't know what their thinking was on that but uh 
so I went in and just, uh, you know, the usual thing, just looked at a picture of the character, read some stuff, and, you know, uh, you know, as always, was was rather surprised when they called me back to do some more, and mm-hmm. was even more surprised when they walked me. You know, usually when you audition for stuff, you know, you're not meeting the main guy. You know what I mean? Like there's the layers and layers of underlings and and, uh, and lackeys that that you're dealing with before you ever get the gig. But when I went back for the callback, wow, Michael Bay is actually running the callback. That's that's him. Wow. There's like two people here, and one of them is Michael Bay. That's amazing. And he's very hands-on guy. And uh, you know that, that was that was kind of unusual, and kind of speaks to his kind of speaks to his, uh, you know, working method of just being very, very involved of, of every aspect of it straight down the line. It's micromanaging. Uh, did, did he actually tell yeah, you how to which, play that you know, one? Which, what's that? Did he tell you how to play that one? Or, did it, I mean, like, again, oh, micromanaging. Yeah, yeah, or was yeah. that something oh, you God, came yeah. up with? I mean, oh, no. He's, he's very, you know, he's waiting to hear, you know, so much of voice acting is just running through a whole bunch of, of variations until you finally hit on the thing that the guy in charge is hearing in his head. And when he hears it, he goes, yes, yes, that. And and then he directs you, you further. So, you know, yeah, oh, I, I, this may come as a surprise to you, but Michael Bay was very, uh, very opinionated and knew exactly what he wanted. Uh, I can imagine. <laughs> Gee, go figure, right? Yeah. So there was a lot no, of he was, controversy. No, he was great. Yeah, there was there was a lot of controversy over the uh, urban qualities that were attributed to Skids uh, and and the Autobot brothers. Uh, but yeah, I guess when you say urban, that you, that's a euphemism for black, right? It, 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 well, you know, black hillbilly people who can't read in general. I. I you know, I don't want to point any fingers, but you know, when you're reading for this, were you like, "What?" I mean, what did you think of this while you were while you were uh, doing reading for that? skids? Yeah, for skids. That's you know, he said that 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 actually happened in the sessions where he said he said, "Hey, you know, you want to do some?" You know, it was actually like almost like a scratch thing. Uh, you know, where myself and and the other actor, Reno Wilson, uh, who's an Af- African American, I'm a hillbilly, he's an African American, and. Uh, uh, you know, he said these are these are robots that have been, uh, you know, obsessed with, you know, that they're, they're picking up these signals from, you know, pop earth pop culture, and their particular obsession is gangster rap, like Bad Boys Two. That's their thing. Yeah. And uh, said, okay, cool, yeah, we can do that, and uh, that was it, and. Uh, yeah, at first I thought it was just kind of a placeholder until they found the real guy that was going to be doing that, and then uh, then it turned out that uh, no, me and uh, me and Reno were were really really doing it. So uh-huh. we did it, and uh, you know, three people got upset for five minutes, and then uh, and then Michael Jackson died, and it all went away. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, the no, that's true. Is... That's true. Like I remember when it, you know, I was shocked that people were so uh, that that it was controversial at all. I'm like, are, are you kidding me? There's <laughs> this is this is the most egregious thing happening today. You've got to be kidding me. And uh, and I was like, wow. And and Reno, I remember, uh, you know, talking to Reno, and he was going, what? You know, he couldn't he couldn't believe it either because his thought was. That hip hop culture long ago transcended color lines, and yeah. you know if you go into an Asian neighborhood, there's Asian wannabe gangsters, uh, you know, and if you go into a a white neighborhood, there's white wannabe gangsters in Beverly Hills, and if you know, and you know, and th- these guys were very much wannabe gangsters. They weren't real Crips and Bloods. They're gigantic robots that have been watching Bad Boys Two one too many times, and. <laughs> To me, that was a valid place to go, you know. And okay, you know, it's it's a, you know, when you're a voiceover actor, you're pretty much a tool in the box of the guy in charge, whether that guy is Steven Hillenburg or Michael Bay or Craig McCracken or Gendy Tartakovsky or whoever right. it is. 
you know, you're you're a color in uh, or a uh, you know a, a colored pencil in their box, oh, oh. and you're just going, okay, whatever whatever you guys want. That's what I'm. You know, that's my right. my job is to my job is to facil- facilitate what you guys are are hearing. So, you know, and and literally, uh, you know, the next day, you know, Michael Jackson passed away, and 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 I think that that was kind of <laughs> that kind of made this other showbiz story about the gangsta wannabe robots seem like the puny and and unimportant thing that it truly was all along yeah yeah Uh, a buddy of mine paul who is a huge fan of transformers in general he basically told me that i have to ask you this question uh skids skids was written out of the third film before that happened did you record any lines for the for dark of the moon the third film as Skids? Yes. Was Skids the guy that I was? Yeah. Okay. Um. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. You know, I don't know. I think maybe there was like a couple of things where, where they were like in a crowd scene or something. But again, this stuff like, you know, you just kind of, it, it's kind of one stop on, on a day where you're going to like six different places <laughs> and, and, and doing crazy voices. But yeah, I think there was probably, you know, there wasn't any, I get, you know, if the question is, are there any big uh, skids scenes on the on the cutting room floor uh no yeah well i think the thing was is michael bay had promised that skids and mudflap would not appear in the movie although there you know there's there's photographs of them on the set and so people were like oh maybe there was something going some shenanigans you know maybe they were in the movie and they were cut uh you know it would be interesting to you hear know, from the voice actor. you know it's funny but by, by the time by the time the robot voices come into the movie like like you know all that stuff is such a done deal you know what i mean like right the movie's been shot you know you know everything is practically done there's no lip flap on the robot so so you're free to 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 play around to a certain degree but you know yeah the the dumb voice actor is certainly not uh, not privy to any of those uh <laughs> backroom you know decisions that responsible adults are making we're too busy dicking around and having fun <laughs> well let's talk about wheelie i mean wheelie is a fun character uh tell us how you came into his voice well again wheelie. in that uh, session at bay films with michael michael just said you know this guy's kind of like a joe pesci kind of guy and uh okay well okay i think i think i can do something akin to uh you know joe pesci as a robot so uh, so so we did, you know, like so, so much of the stuff, whether it's Powerpuff Girls or Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends or whatever, is a creator going, this is what I want you to sound like. And then you do it and they go, great, cool. You got the gig, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and sometimes that's, uh, you know, sometimes that's, uh, that's kids too. So, you know, it's whatever, uh, whatever you do. It, it's a bit up in the air, but did Wheelie and Brains really die in the movie? They did go Boy, down. Boy, I, I guess only yeah. the editor only the editor knows for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was one of those things that I walked out of the screening going, "Am I dead?" Uh, you know, I don't know. I guess I guess if I get a call in a couple of years, I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> like so much, so much of this stuff is out of your hands that you just, you know, you yeah. just do it, and then, and then, and then, uh, you know, you go, wow, Michael laughed. Okay, I guess he liked that one, and then you, uh, <laughs> then, 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 
you know, he, you get into your Prius and he gets into his Maserati and, uh, and, and you both drive <laughs> home. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, so suffice to say, Wheelie won't be coming back in Transformers 4. Uh, you know, uh, you I don't a- know. You know, I, 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 I'm cool with it. Yeah, I've got, I've got uh, you know, I've got, I've got uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll totally stand behind anything that I've ever done, you know. But, but uh, yeah, pr- probably uh, probably in the interest of just not creating a shitstorm, they, they should, <laughs> yeah, why bother? <laughs> why bother? Well, you could, do, you could do zombie wheelie. That would be cool, too. Yeah, there you uh, go. Would you be up for more Transformers roles if they came along? Oh God, the word "no" is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I love. Every... Uh... So wait a second, you're going to be the next season My Little Pony villain. <laughs> you know what? Uh, anytime, anytime, <laughs> absolutely. Of course, you know I would love that. I think I use mostly Canadian actors, but um, you know a lot of that My Little P- uh, P- Pony show was. Uh, you know, uh, form, formed by Lauren Faust, who did a lot of stuff on Powerpuff and did a lot of stuff on Foster's Home for American Friends or uh, uh, Foster's Home for, for Imaginary Friends. So <laughs> as, 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 the, as the parent of a kid who likes My Little Pony, I'd be all over that. <laughs> it sounds fun to me. Nice. We, uh, we, well, we just talked, to, just talked to David Kay not too long ago. And uh, mm-hmm. he had said that he was up for a uh, a role in a Transformers Prime, and this is you know another guy who has been in Transformers and has worked with. Uh, oh yeah, you know, Frank he's, Walker, he's been a part of the Transformers world for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So the question becomes: Is is that something that uh, you might have in the cards for yourself? Well, I I haven't heard anything. Again, uh, you know, I, I love doing you know all kinds of shows. One one of the things that I really enjoy about my job is that, you know, one day you're doing, you know, My Little Pony type stuff, and then the next day you're doing something really educational, and then the next day you're doing some really straight, you know, network promos. It's the most anticipated new show of the season, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then you go and do SpongeBob, and then you go and do, you know, some theme park ride, and then, you know, it's, it's always uh, different. So, you know, for, for somebody like me that gets bored really fast – it's it's the perfect uh, it's the perfect gig, but uh, sure, I, I love uh, Transformers world and uh, you know and and you know the SpongeBob connection is that that Bill Fagerbachy that does Patrick Starr on SpongeBob was bulkhead on the uh, on the Transformers animated show. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love uh, it. Was a great uh, you know anytime anytime they want me to do. Transformers, I'm there. It was a great cast. Uh, Corey, you know, Corey Burton is the voice o- voice actor's voice actor. You know, he's that's an interview uh, we would love to get. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, Corey's mysterious. You know, he's a, he's a mysterious uh, genius. You know, he's 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 great. I love I love uh, I love working with him. He, he goes back all the way to the G1 Transformers. He does, yeah. And he was, yeah. uh, I believe, Ratchet. Shockwave. He was Ratchet and Megatron in uh, the Transformers animated show. That yep. that I was on one one of the fun things uh, you know about about the the voice acting world is that there's a fairly finite number of people that do it all the time. So you get to mm-hmm. know people really well. So when you when you walk into a show like Transformers Animated and you're working with with Tara Strong who played Sari and uh, Jeff Bennett, Corey Burton, you know uh, uh, Fagerbaki, um, Bumper Robert, Robinson, and you know it's 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 like old home week and yeah. you know people like matt uh with youngberg matt youngberg who i'd worked with on the batman because i was the penguin on batman and I, I did a lot of stuff on teen titans and Derek wyatt was uh you know did, did a lot of the designs for that show and he, he had done stuff on yeah. i believe teen titans as well as foster's home for imaginary friends and yeah. it um you know it uh, it's it's a very comfortable world you know if 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 you uh, got what it takes to to stick around it for a little while you'll you'll work with the same nice people over and over again and uh, and i actually and i actually uh i actually count uh you know count uh, every every everybody that i that i've met on that i worked with on that show as as a as a friend you know 
Yeah. Nice. Uh, awesome. Well, you're best known for your role as uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Mm-hmm. So we we could, <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about that a little bit. Sure. I'm getting all fanboyish all of a sudden. Like, Yee! oh, cool. <laughs> Michael, oh, cool. Did, did, I know. Just, I'm like, just I'm like oh my god. Background. My... Michael is married. He's got two boys. And before we started this interview, Michael was putting his boys to bed, and they were using SpongeBob SquarePants toothpaste. Oh, great! It's like wow, sponge flavor now with extra sponginess. It's like, wait, isn't SpongeBob full of holes? I don't think you want to be using toothpaste. To... <laughs> it's the toothpaste that actually mind. causes cavities. Wow. So, how did you get involved with SpongeBob? Was it because of Rocco's Modern Life, or how did yes. that come about for you? Yes. Uh, uh, Steven Hillenberg was the creative director on Rocco's Modern Life. My first job in animation, his first job in animation, and uh, really a whole lot of people's first job in animation. It was one of those petri dish shows that that you know everybody that worked on that show wound up kind of going on to to other things and kind of having a, a, a fairly long uh, you know a, a lifespan in animation and. Um, yeah, guys that I work with every day on a number of different shows are all guys that started out with uh, on Rocco. Awesome. So where did the voice for SpongeBob come from? Did it take you a while to get it down? No, like, uh, you know, like all these guys that we're talking about, whether it's Pendleton Ward, the creator of Adventure Time, or, or Michael Bay, or, or any of these guys, Steve had a very uh, clear idea of, what he wanted SpongeBob to sound like, and once I dialed it in, he was like, "Yes, that's it. Don't, don't, don't try anything else. That's it. That's it. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Perfect. That, that's the guy, and uh, we've got it. And you know, and and huh. when it came time to do the pilot, and then for the pilot to become a series, he went to bat for me, um, you know, with the brass at Nickelodeon, and said, "This is the guy. I don't need to hear anybody else. Don't audition any other actors. I don't need to hear people that are on." sitcoms or whatever or movie stars you know this guy laughs like spongebob cries like spongebob sings like spongebob ad libs like spongebob you know i'm we're done with spongebob now we need to cast these other characters uh you know that spongebob hangs out with and and you know i i I appreciated that very much nice now spongebob says some off the wall things so have you ever been surprised by a line in the script you know, pretty much every week, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like there's there's something when you're reading the storyboard that is so uh, random and so, uh, you know, so bizarre that you go, oh, OK, that, that's weird. I like it. You know, weird is good. Let's see. Um, are you surprised at all, at, at, as far as how popular SpongeBob has has gotten? I mean, it's it's like a worldwide phenomenon now. Yes, I. Uh, yeah, I guess the short answer to that is that I was. Uh, first of all, I'm surprised that it got so popular, and second of all, I'm surprised that it's stayed so popular. You know, I you know I don't know why or what the science of that is, if any, but it's a very uh, unusual phenomenon where, you know, something, something stays on the, on the, on the air for, for so long. And, and SpongeBob, you know, oddly, (laughs) uh, but thankfully is getting higher ratings, you know, just keeps getting higher and higher ratings. Like it's doing better now than it ever has in terms of, of numbers. So it's, it's pretty crazy. And I, I just did an episode of, Futurama last week, and and David X. Cohen, you know, one of the main dudes on on Futurama, told me that, you know, uh, I started doing guest stuff on Futurama in 1999, which was the year SpongeBob went to series. And he said, you realize that only three shows that were around in 1999 are still on the air, and it's Family Guy, Futurama, and SpongeBob. Yeah, and it was like, wow, okay, cool. <laughs> I work for all three. Of those. <laughs> I work for all three of those guys. That's good. Okay, cool. So, uh, uh, you know, because I, I do stuff for the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland show sometimes. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's 
surprising to all involved, I would say, huh. and and uh, and uh, very uh, gratifying. You know, awesome. I, I was nice. traveling around Europe this summer with my kids, and it's you know it's weird to be in some you know mountain village in Italy, and the waitress that's waiting on you has a SpongeBob shirt on. <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's amazing. Yeah, every voice actor that we've ever talked to has that story of, oh, I was in the toy store here and I did the voice here. And they're like, mommy, that's not SpongeBob or that, you know, it's like. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I uh, keep it I keep it very much like like if, if, if I'm ever any place and a kid has a SpongeBob shirt or a SpongeBob toy or whatever, there's no way I'm going to go up to that person and risk looking like the creepy <laughs> <laughs> the, the creepy freak that's trying to talk to your child. Do you like Do you like cartoons, Timmy? You know, so uh, <laughs> like like airplane. Do you like gladiator movies, Billy? So uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, so it's it's kind of it's kind of a quiet source of pride <laughs> for me. Yes. Yes. Uh, what types of characters do you like playing better? Good guys, bad guys, serious characters, funny characters. Like what What is like your favorite thing to do for voice acting as far as character wise you know they're all fun like like i said earlier like you know there, there's very little of, of it feels like work there's only you know I, I i can count the sessions that i've done in you know 20 years on one hand where it actually felt kind of laborious where you're going jesus you know and, and a lot of times that's commercials you know where you go man i I've said part of this good breakfast every way that I know how to say it. <laughs> you know, uh, we've done 999 <laughs> takes of me saying part of this good breakfast. I I feel like I'm hitting a wall here, and uh, you know I'm really trying, and I can't. I, I don't know what they want. You know, but uh, you know advertising is a little a little, uh, a little different. But they're all fun. You know, it's it's fun doing. You know, it's really fun doing the preschool stuff like Handy Manny for Disney or Rabbit for Winnie the Pooh. And it's, you know, good guys are fun. Bad guys are funner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's really fun just, just letting, your, uh, letting your evil flag fly and being the, the bad guy. You know, I've, I've done, uh, you know, Penguin for the Batman and, and – uh, yeah. You know, as Elias Zox currently in Doc, for Green Lantern, yeah. Doc Ock for Ultimate Spider-Man, like we we said earlier, and they're really, it's really fun to just let that hang out. You know, like just just yeah. just go for it and be evil. You know, even in in I consider the Ice King in Adventure Time to be every bit as weird and creepy of a villain as Doctor Octopus. <laughs> you know, he's he, you know he's a, he's a weird guy that kidnaps princesses and you know tries to be friends with them so you know it's a very uh it's kind of cathartic (laughs) you know you just uh you know i I guess any actor that you that you talk to uh you know will talk about the uh you know the 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 liberating fun of just being a full-on bad guy and i first uh felt that way back in 1992 when i did uh the bad guy in in Bobcat's film shakes the clown. You know? Awesome. So, yeah. yeah, there were a couple times in, in animated where Starscream actually screamed, and I'm like, "Wow, did I wonder if Tom lost his voice that day?" Yeah. Well, you know, usually not. I mean, you know, you can, <laughs> I guess there have been a couple of times where you've got multiple sessions going on, and they're all screamers. But mm-hmm. generally. Generally, uh, you know, if you if you if you pace yourself, you can, uh, you know, most most of these, uh, you know, adventure cartoons and and you know are pretty extreme. You know, there's there's very high highs and very low lows, and and a lot of the comedy is like that too. SpongeBob, you know, is very high highs and very low lows. So, you know, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that sometimes it's kind of nice, you know, kind of a relief to do these pre, you know to do one of these preschool shows <laughs> where, there's no, <laughs> where there's no conflict and everybody's really gentle and, uh, you know, nobody ever fights and you're, you're just like, wow, you know, yeah. blues clues. You don't have a shit. lot of screaming with rabbit, right? Yes. Well, you know, I guess of everyone in Pooh, he's probably the most likely to scream because he's so 
such a fuss budget. You know what I mean? He likes his garden a certain way and his his kitchen a certain way, and he doesn't like people dropping in unannounced. So if anybody's going to scream in the hundred acre wood, it's him. <laughs> but it's 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 not the same kind of primal scream as Starscream. <laughs> right. See, that would be a funny episode. Where Rabbit loses it and just yeah. absolutely <laughs> so screaming at people. Well, you know, and he does sometimes, like in the, in this uh, in this uh, feature film that that was out this summer. You know, there, there are a couple of scenes where where Rabbit gets pretty extreme. <laughs> Let's uh, change gears a little bit and talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects: uh, toys. Uh, do you collect sure. the toys the from the characters that you voice? I collect. Uh, I collect. You know, I, I guess I definitely have the collector mentality, but not toys, and definitely not toys that I do the voice of. That That's the last thing I want in my house is stuff that sounds like me. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I don't, have, I don't have anything. You know, the stuff I, you know, I, collect, I collect records. I collect rock and roll uh, 45s and 78s and blues and hillbilly music and, you know, crazy stuff like that and, you know, uh, you know, uh, comic strip original art from you know 1920s and 1930s comic strips but uh you know in terms of stuff that has a chip in it with my voice no not so much i was gonna say uh my boy loves superhero squad and we have so many iron mans (laughs) oh that's cool is there is there talking stuff with iron man (laughs) Uh, you know, well, they don't so much talk. It's uh, they're, they're well, they do have the helicarrier, and when you push the button, it sings the theme song, which is awesome. Superhero squad, <laughs> yeah. We hear that day in it. It's, uh, that gives me nightmares. It really is. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, Superhero Squad was another one that was really fun because, you know, as you know, a kid that grew up on comic books and superheroes and all that, Stanley, Jack Kirby, you know, sixties and. 70s stuff you know I, I you know it was starting to feel like superheroes had been taken away from kids who really like superhero stuff and given to kind of you know 35 year old mouth breathers who <laughs> who uh, you know eat cheetos while they they type online and and it, it was you know what i mean it was it was kind of like well, i remember when comic books were actually for kids where a kid could read a comic book and a college student could also read a comic book and it could be the same comic book and there was something in there for both of them and you know you know it's starting to feel so in the post uh, dark night the post frank miller world it was starting right. to feel so freaking nihilistic that that i you know and i was just so bored with with nihilism uh, that, that yeah it, it was kind of a it was kind of a great treat when they said, "Hey, we're going to do a superhero sitcom that uh, <laughs> you know it's like Fisher Price versions of the Marvel superheroes." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, not literally Fisher Price, but you know what I mean, like uh, right, like, yeah. like little uh, you know little little you little know super deformed super characters, deformed. yeah, yeah, little super it, deformed uh, uh, little little super fetuses that uh, yeah. that, that are uh, you know kind of got a big heads and big feet and yeah. they're kind of squatty uh, like those like those Star little, Wars little ones, little big head man, yep, like those Star Wars ones that Hasbro puts out, you know, and, exactly. and I was like, yeah, okay, great, and you know it was it, you know it was kind of fun because I knew a lot of people with kids that like superheroes, but they couldn't go see the latest. Batman movie because uh, a pencil gets shoved into a guy's eye socket. <laughs> so, so it was kind of fun to have, you know, to be a part of this thing that that kind of, you know, like like I think all these characters, you know, whether it's Transformers or or, you know, DC superheroes or Marvel superheroes or whatever, whatever, yeah. you know, are strong enough characters that that you can do different versions of them designed for different demographics. You know what I mean? Like you can do a kid-friendly Iron Man and you can do a, you know, a uh, staring in the mirror while he tries to fight off his alcoholism uh, Iron Man. <laughs> and, uh, and, they're, and they're both valid, but, you know, you probably don't want your four-year-old watching the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, 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 
going the to the AA. Yeah, you know, you, you, you know, it's, 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 you know, Tony Stark goes to the AA meeting is probably not suitable for your five-year-old boy who loves right. superheroes. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it, that was a really, that was a really fun show, and and you know, it's always fun to play the, uh, yeah, to, to play the handsome good guy when you're a, you know, a pot-bellied, you know, late forties dad. And uh, it was kind of it was kind of uh, fun, and you also got to be, you know, the the guys on the other side of the spectrum too. That you got to be the evil dudes too, because I got to be Modoc and Juggernaut yeah. and a whole bunch of other people on that show. So, so you you were able to be. <laughs> it was great. You were able to be the, the you know the the evil guys and the and the heroic uh, guys in the same uh, in the same script. Yeah. So, so it was kind of kind of scratching both itches. We love that show. Tremble before the might of Modoc. Yeah, I love that. That was a that was a really that that was a really uh, fun show. That was a really yeah. fun show, and and uh, you know hopefully we'll get the opportunity to revisit those uh, those characters again in some form somewhere. Yes. Uh, before we let you go, can you remind everybody uh, what you have coming up? Sure, and this is uh, you know this is a lot of this is stuff that I've not seen yet, but uh, uh, somebody just emailed me from the Bruce Tim Green Lantern show and said that it's looking real good. I, I play a guy called Zelias Zox, who's a bad guy, uh, Doc Ock, in the upcoming uh, Ultimate uh, Spider-Man, and uh, the Ice King in Adventure Time. And by the way, we will uh, the Adventure Time crew and cast will be at the New York. Comic Con in mid October in New York City, so awesome. hope to see a lot of you guys there. And um, yeah, continuing on doing some rabbit Winnie the Pooh stuff for Disney. And of course, SpongeBob is something that's never ending. And SpongeBob <laughs> looks like it's gonna, it's got some legs. Uh, you know, hopefully, I, I never take anything for granted, but it looks like uh, it looks like SpongeBob is gonna be around for a bit. It's still doing real well, and. Uh, you know, uh, I just wrote a song that's going to be uh, in the 2012 Christmas, you know, holiday special for SpongeBob called "Don't wow. be, Don't Be a Jerk." It's Christmas, so we, we uh, yeah, so 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 it's it keeps keeps on being fun. We would like to thank Mr. Kenny for taking the time to chat with us in this special Transformation Animation Podcast Tunecast Beyond Crossover Interview. We'll ask you to hold the line, and we'll be back after this. Thank you, Michael Mike. Thank you. Ah, never before have I seen a more impressive group of lethal fighting machines. And pretty good-looking, if I do say so myself. That pompous bag of bolts Megatron won't know what hit him. He'll be crushed in our wake. Against Megatron? Are you insane? Huh? I think I just sprang an oil leak. Silence, you fool. Megatron is a worthless pile of scrap metal compared to my genius. Brilliant observation, brilliant. But your genius pales in comparison to the genius of our leader, the original Starscream. Oh, I could listen to this one all day. What are you talking about? I am the original Starscream. Liar. I am the original Starscream. I never said I was the original Starscream. You just did right now. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Oh, haven't you figured it out yet? He's a pathological liar. Each of us clones represents one aspect of your personality. He's a coward. He's an egomaniac. He's a suck-up. He's a liar. I am not. So, which part of me did you come from? Don't ask. Wow. <laughs> I think that's all I can say is wow at this point. Yeah, uh, that was a fun interview. That was very fun talking to him. That was that was pretty awesome. You know, t- ten years from now, you know when Tom Kenny is the actual Tom Kenny of of the of the the two thousands, as opposed to being the Frank Walker of the nineties, uh, <laughs> we can look back on this and say, "Hey, 
we talked to that guy. Yep. You know, it's it's going to be scary. Ten years from now, when uh, SpongeBob is pushing its 21st, 22nd season, uh, and they're saying, you know, didn't didn't that show called The Simpsons run about this long? (laughs) Don't go there. (laughs) Don't even go there. That's all of the discussion. So, yes. Uh, thank you so much to Tom Kenny for taking the time to talk with us here on the Transformation Animation Podcast, Tooncast Beyond Crossover Interview. Um, for Transformation Animation Podcast, we will be starting Season 3 soon. And for Tooncast Beyond, actually very funny, uh, Episode 1 of Tooncast Beyond Season 1 will start with, funny enough, The Superhero Squad. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect timing for this. I've seen the, the the pilot, and lo, a pilot shall come. I've seen it yes. about five million times. <laughs> yes. So that's it. it for us. We will see you next time. I am TFG and Mike, and you are? Pecan Court Michael. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.